The sit down is with Jonathan Mitchell again. He is our first returning guest here. Uh, Jonathan is a good friend. He is a cinematographer, a camera operator, a writer, a podcaster. You can check out his podcast that he does with a couple buddies, Abracadabod. It's very funny. Um, he is a Dodgers fan. Um, we get into a bunch of these things. Pretty much these are the topics that we get into uh, today. He is on a 15-week production run right now, so things are starting to open up a little bit with uh, in terms of production uh, with health and safety and whatnot in 2020, um, but they're doing it a little bit differently, obviously. So anyway, it was a great sit-down with him. Always good to catch up with John, and here we go. Day to day was good. It's one of my first days off in a while. So oh, okay, uh, off day. Crazy. Yeah, off day, quarantined in a hotel on the road. Right. I can see so. by the empty. Uh, I know this is an audio recording, but we're also have a visual up here, and I'm looking at a blank wall with a generic, uh, just like a frame and a relatively generic couch pattern. Yeah, ho- hotel art. You know, it's just like some generic. Uh huh abstract tree and a plain wooden frame on an off-white wall inspiration (laughs) awesome it's the most creative space when you're on the road trying to create um what's it been like uh how many days are you into it now i am this is day 13 of 105 wow okay cool and then tell (laughs) me can you speak freely about whatever it is you're working on or I can't really say what I'm working on right now, but, um, yeah, I'm working on a TV show for a pretty popular channel. Um, Cool. But yeah, I can't really say what the project is, but I'm out here, you know, normally it's something that you travel back and forth to a lot, but due to the current climate, the COVID world, it's, uh, it's deemed unsafe to do that. So we traveled out doing one long 15 week stint and uh had to do a week of quarantine beforehand and uh yeah so it's a it's a long run this one long time away from the family yeah definitely and that's why you just mentioned (coughs) doing a video dinner meeting with the family nice i did i just had a facetime dinner with the family it was the first time i've ever done that it was (laughs) nice they got they ordered pizza so i was like fuck it i ran out and got a pizza and we all sat down and had pizza together nice nice you could like uh uh, take half the pizza and put it up to the screen yeah. <laughs> and then they take half their pizza and you guys both pull a slice like from the same pizza that's the it's pizza. it's such a weird time right now and i think i've everyone has probably gotten so used to virtual communication that it seemed really i was sitting down and the way my wife had the camera setting up on the table it was in my like normal spot right so right so i it really felt as though i was there and at one point i really did feel like just passing my son i was like oh look i got a piece of chocolate and i started to eat a bite of chocolate he's like i want the piece of chocolate and at one like one for one moment i thought i could almost hand it through the phone to him and then I was like, oh, shit, buddy, I can't give it to you. I'm thousands of miles away. But <sighs> Reality strikes. That's Reality like when I've been again. working all day on the computer and I go into the kitchen to do something and reach for, I like mess up and reach for uh, Command Z to undo it and realize that in real life you can't <laughs> undo yeah. something. Yeah, that's too bad. Maybe yeah. in the maybe in the near future we'll be able to. You know, I don't backtrack. know. I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be great for the first day, and then you'd re- everybody's just walking around trying to undo stuff. Oh from my then god, on. it would be a nightmare. That's yeah. actually kind of a, a very interesting thought experiment. To Black think about Mirror a world. episode. Yeah, a world in which you could control alt delete. Oh know? man, yeah. Yeah, copy paste it would be nice, but I guess that's the beauty there, of handwritten stuff. What's that? There would be, there would be a whole lot of my life that I uh, went back a few moments for, I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah, if you could do the reach over things and just like not command Z all the way through, yeah. that's a different story. But anyway, um, so with uh, 
the last few months, even with shooting, not shooting the craziness, what's the production world? What do you feel like as a cameraman, cinematographer person who is trying to balance out all the shutdown stuff and then getting this gig is like crazy. I'm about to almost like I'm getting on a ship to go to sea. Um, but it's good and it's stressful cause you're away from home, but it's also like, we're okay. We're moving again. We're shooting some stuff again. I mean, not that stuff shut down a hundred, a hundred percent, but shut down pretty, pretty close much, to, pretty close pretty to that, much. Right? It was pretty much, I mean, there's a couple commercials where people have masks on. So, you know, someone's shooting something somewhere, but who knows what city that's in. Yeah. I, I think it was, I, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say in the 90 high 90% of uh, people in my union were not working for a several months but i mean it's kind of a mixed bag honestly to be back to work it's um i mean after our industry being basically shut down for five six months it's a blessing to be back at work and not trying to deal with some crazy unemployment that you can't you know get in contact with and and to be back out working making money providing again and just doing something you know like using your mind and your body for something productive and 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 to be working again feels nice but it's definitely uh it's definitely was a definitely a different experience to be gearing up to go do a 15 weeker you know as opposed to the normal in and out sort of thing because 15 weeks is a long time i have uh, a lot more respect for like military people or something after this, you know, who have to like say goodbye to their families for so long, but it's good to be back out. It's a different, you know, it's like, it depends on the project. Um, you know, I've got friends working on big union shows and it's, you know, a, a very different experience and, uh, a lot slower and more deliberate and stuff. And it, it is on the sort of thing I'm doing too, but you know, I'm on the more, uh, on the more docu side right now with the project I'm currently doing. So it's, pared down and one of the ways that they felt like they could make it safer was to reduce the number of crew so i'm everyone is doing a lot more than their normal job which is a lot more exhausting than i expected and not from the physical aspect because you know physically you know you can get away with doing a lot and uh, but it's the mental aspect of doing having to concentrate on more things than your specific task and it made me realize how much in this world at least you are focused on your job so for me it's like how something looks and making sure i'm covering things and always living in that world and then all of a sudden having to do other tasks i'm like oh wait i'm supposed to remember to do this too (laughs) i'm supposed to i'm supposed to you know be my own ac and remember like okay i'm batteries and cards i got all that and loading and unloading gear so it's a it's a uh you know, it's uh, learn not learning, but relearning and uh, getting in the swing of it as we go. Right, trying to slow down or have more lists or Try- whatever it is. Trying to slow down for sure. Yeah, right on. Um, and you feel like, in terms of people on this sh- on this shoot on this project, are these some of the same people you've worked with in the past, or is this fresh slate of people, or how's that working? Mostly fresh. A um, couple of people I've worked with before, but. Uh, mostly fresh um no one that i've worked with a lot before so and honestly it's one of the things about shooting now too is with all these covid precautions that everyone's taking we're not allowed to hang out with the crew anyway so matters it's it's the isolation on this one is normally that's another thing about being on the road with you know in production uh making you know tv and film and stuff like that is that you're you get really close with your crew. So you're going out and doing dinner and, you know, spending days off together and whatnot. But with all the precautions, we're not allowed to socialize really. So it's work and then to your hotel room. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is, can be productive, I guess. Writing a little bit more podcasting, a little bit more, um, doing that, uh, NFL draft, get together or whatever. Exactly. More podcasting like we're doing right now and fo- and also trying to focus more, get season three going on uh, the dad podcast, Abracadadbot. Yeah, the yeah name I cut, sorry, I cut you off. Say, say, say the name again. Abracadadbot. Yeah, which you guys were cruising for a while <clears throat> there. And how many episodes do you have now? Like 20 some? 
Yeah, we've got 20 regular episodes and a couple of specials, and, you know, we uh, got up to... The numbers are getting pretty high, I'll say, and uh, a lot higher than we ever expected, so that's growing. Feels good. In terms uh, of what? In terms of episodes, followers, thumbs-ups? Um, in, tar- in, in terms of listeners and uh, the number of people who are downloading our episodes and whatnot. Great. It's, it's in... Yeah, it's it's blown up in in as far as we're concerned you know it's right right it's funny man we've gotten into advertising yeah we've gotten into advertising i mean we have not we're not we haven't secured any advertising yet but we've gotten to the point where the numbers suggest that we should be getting advertising money so we're starting to think of it more like business now now it's still just fun like buddies hanging out talking about being dads and family life and random shit but it's also turned into sort of a business thing as well now where we're thinking about, okay, we've got to start reaching out to people and, right. you know, documenting our numbers and whatnot to get geared up for that. But so trying to focus on that and uh, writing a lot more, you know, being alone gives you a good chance to write and uh, reading a lot and then watching a lot of TV shows and movies. Yeah. Know. Nice. Is there, a, not to go too deep into it, but what's the uh, number one and or two Rewatches or first time you've um, like reaching back to something you missed in, in the last six months uh, from lockdown period. Is there a specific show that you would say struck you the most? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I want to say I was a little bit ahead of the curve on this one, but uh, <laughs> Star Wars. I, <laughs> I uh, about a year and a half ago, I convinced my wife to do a full Sopranos rewatch. And <laughs> And I've long said it's my favorite show and probably the best show ever made. And yet I hadn't seen it in a decade or more, you know, since it, since it had finished back in whenever that was. And, uh, I convinced her to watch it and we watched, we struggled through maybe two episodes and she just was not ever wanting to watch it. And then finally in the quarantine, it was, there was nothing else really to watch. And so I was like, we're doing this. Yeah. And then she fell in love with it. And we watched all oh, cool. all six, te- te- technically six, but seven seasons. We burned through in a little while. And now it's her favorite show too. But the problem with rewatching a show that well done is that you really struggle to find a show after that. <laughs> right, <laughs> that, right. That lives up to it. I've watched like two shows since then. It's like, well, pff, no fucking Sopranos. And then I just like, you know, th- throw it away. Um and so that was one of my favorite rewatches we've done. And then um, I'm trying to think of a, a movie that I've rewatched that I really loved. I'll tell you a movie that I watched recently that I was blown away by. That was not, it's not very old, it's from last year. But didn't get a whole lot of press or attention. But it's A24, so you know it's going to be fucking good. Because every movie they do, it seems like, is really good. But it's this movie called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Okay. It was extremely impressive. So creative. It, it was a very original movie, you know, and you don't see, it feels like you don't see a ton of those anymore, but it was really original, both the way it was written and shot and, you know, the cinematography, the directing, the writing, the acting, the the score was incredible. Cool. And the way that they played with perspective um, based upon what you later find out as part of the story, I, it, it was just... I highly recommend that to you and anyone who hears this. That it's um, a, a must-watch, in my opinion. I oh think yeah. it was w- maybe top three movies of last year, in cool. my opinion. And and last year was full of really good movies. Nice, nice. I'll, pu- I'll add it to the list. What about you? Any any recommendations for me while I'm quarantined in the hotel room? <laughs> I feel like I've already dumped all my all my recommendations and even like things <laughs> I wanted to talk about that I'm saying this is not a recommendation but you know um but as you know um watching for the first time patriot those two seasons in terms of television shows that that is i knew that you must watch that yeah Um, i'll i'll take the credit for recommending that yeah you you should i have been an apologist or not an apologist that's the wrong word a, a, a very strong advocate for that show for a long time now and it seems a buddy of mine asked me if I'd seen it I was like no I'd never even heard of it and I watched it and I was like how is this not 
how is everyone not screaming about this show? Right. How is it's it the most original. How does it get canceled after two seasons? And how does Amazon not advertise the shit out of it? It's funny, you know, it only got two seasons. No one ever has seen it. And yet it's like the highest rated Amazon show. Oh, wow. On IMDb and stuff. It's so original and funny and it's, yeah, it's just perfect. It, yeah, it is. It's very funny. It's beautiful. It's poetic. Um, it's, um, you know, you get your thriller in there too. So that I'd one say, I'd never seen I'd, before. I'd say Steve Conrad, Stephen Conrad, the writer director of that is probably my favorite filmmaker at this moment. Yeah, he is. I kind of got into a lot of his interviews when I was first getting into Patriot and really enjoy listening to him talk about stuff too. He's pretty straight to the point. And um, that genre, his history, because like he was the born writer, correct? Or no, am no. Making, am I making that no, up? His brother? Why am I saying that? That that That's Tony Gilroy. Right, right. Okay, so what's this guy's history then? I know uh, he did Ste- the uh, maybe, let me try to, um, uh, Pretty Woman Duplicity. Did he do that or no? Am I making that up too? <laughs> I, I, for someone who I just said he's like my favorite filmmaker at the moment, I I, I, <laughs> I hear you uh, typing he, in the corner and trying to like uh, yeah, stall. IMDb. Uh, he did the show Patriot. I know, which is I just said is probably one of my top five shows of all time. And then he also did this show called uh, Perpetual Grace, right? Which I still haven't seen. Limited, which is was an epic show, and I think it. I've only seen the first season. The second season they were in the middle of making, and I think it got canceled, partially probably due to everything that's going on. But again, a genius show that I just don't think reached enough people or enough people understood. But yeah, I'd have to look back at his at his full history. Right on. Right uh, on. Uh, either way, I, I, I enjoyed listening to him, and I might have even mixed him up with his brother a little bit when I was trying to dig for research. But there were some good nuggets in there. Um, another show I should mention, not to, I don't want to get sucked into it with you. Maybe we'll re- return to it when I've gotten through the whole thing. I kind of want to do a X amount of years later discussion on it whenever I'm done with it, but lost. I had never seen yeah. it and I, I fell into it by accident and now I'm uh, pretty, pretty into the fourth season. Uh, I've, yeah. I've been wanting to do a rewatch of that myself. I was, you know, in college when that was on and we had like lost parties we were into it had people over when the finale happened we all actually came back into town into nashville to watch it together in my friend brian's backyard awesome. on a projector and That's he hilarious. we did it like a outdoor movie theater and watched the finale and beautiful and, yeah it was awesome it was a nice cap for it i mean the finale is is highly debated but uh sure but the experience was pretty awesome but we used to go on to like the dharma project website you yeah. know and they used to that i think that was one of the first shows that ever really did a high um like i don't know I, where the where the the viewers were it was very interactive like yeah. they were dropping nuggets on that show and then they would release stuff on the online oh, that were right. little little nuggets about like what was actually going on and it was really interactive it was I want. I want to say it's pretty, uh, you know, revolutionary in, ahead of the in time, some ways. Ahead of its curve. Ahead of its curve. <laughs> I don't even know many other shows that have done that. Right. Right. There was a period where they were doing a lot of that, or at least experimenting with it. And I feel like everything's got some sort of QR code or something you can you can click into now. But um, it's not as much of a mind blower. Or at least I don't notice them as much. Yeah. I mean, um, who knows? But I, I'm um, even if I miss the online interaction part. Uh, digging four seasons four seasons into that show. Did you ever see? Uh, did we talk about this X Files? Have you seen X Files much? Oh, I, I, I loved it. See, I never, I never saw it. I don't. Th- I mean, I'm sure I saw an episode or at least chunks, but I never watched it. And I feel like that's something that's calling me, or at least checking out the pilot. I'd be curious to see it. Yeah, I, uh, I watched. My older brother was a huge fan of that show, and mm-hmm. so is one of those things that. My childhood staples of my childhood are X Files, Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> and uh, what was that other show that came on right after X or right after Unsolved Mysteries? I can't remember. Not Rescue Nine One One, but I miss, I miss some of that. One. <laughs> I mean, I know um, it still happens, but most of the stuff is click whenever you want. I yeah, man. I, we actually did a podcast episode on that with 
our kids about and I was saying that I think people always talk about screen time being, you know, bad for your kids and whatnot and their development. And I guess the evidence points to it being bad for them. But in some ways, I grew up watching a lot of TV and I think I turned out decent. But I think the problem more than the amount of screen time kids get is the fact that everything's just on demand now. Right. You used to be so excited, like waiting for that show to come on on Saturday morning or like like you said like just the the idea of something coming on next like oh af- this show's not great but the next show yeah or the those next days show, that you're just laying on the couch <laughs> and you literally can't find the remote and the tv's 10 feet away <laughs> and you're like in and out of a nap and you're like i guess yeah. we're watching this yeah. yeah i guess i'll watch the third yeah. th- this episode of andy griffith for the fifth time <laughs> right right i mean i guess it's different if it's on the back of the um headrest in the car and then it's in the restaurant on the table on the ipad and and there might even be something that once you start holding it in your hand your brain does something different too maybe not but maybe the overload is part of it but i mean we've been messing with screens for a few generations definitely not thousands of years so who knows really yeah i i do think that the on-demand aspect of it though makes for i don't know i worry it's creating an impatient generation or a generation that just expects things to be the way they want it all the time, you know? Yeah. Or even the idea of separating from everybody, you, you're not going to have the, Oh my gosh, it's coming out tonight party. I mean, you could still do yeah. that, but it, you have to almost, yeah, we talked about, about that. The connecting uh, like, with the community every Thursday night at seven or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. And our childhoods like TGIF and all that stuff that you, I guarantee you, we could name several shows that we watched at probably at the same time as kids. And yeah that you have that kind of collective bond you'd go to school everybody wanted the action figure for that one show (laughs) you know it was like and now it's there's a billion shows and you can binge whatever you want and i I don't know man i worry that that's that has some negative impacts but what do i know you know yeah well it's something to keep your eye on especially if your parental instincts are kicking in there you know yeah we've started to do this thing with our son eli to where he's obsessed with spider-man and iron man he's way (laughs) into the superheroes already but we we're like, oh, that only comes on on the weekends. So at least we're trying to, yeah, you know, make him have to teach him patience and getting excited about things to come and not just anytime you want them. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I should also, to reach back a few sentences ago, I mean, I think screens have only been around for a few generations, but I don't know the full history of humanity and technology. Who knows if <laughs> they were there like thousands of years That's ago true. in some other way. And then, That's true. But I mean, I'm not really, yeah, I you know. I'm not putting too much money on that just because I don't know. Um, yeah. But um, they used to have jumbotrons on the pyramids. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, probably I'm not going to bet on that, but I wasn't there is the point yeah. I'm making. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have any, I'm kind of pulling back. I know I'll let you go in a minute here. Cause I know you got to do some drafting, but um, what, uh, what do you see kind of, I mean, not that you know the future, but for creative stuff moving forward and for, TV and also for film more studio-based or indie? I mean, even with this idea of changing production, what are your thoughts kind of moving forward on things from what you're hearing, talking to people, or thinking yourself? Mm, interesting question. Um, I, well, it's I don't... Just, it's just wide open, right? I mean, there's a lot of question marks this year. I mean, I feel like at least in the immediate future, I feel like everyone burned through content so quickly and there was not much content being made mm-hmm. for a, an extended period. Um, I feel like there is going to be a real hunger for content from a lot. Like there's so many platforms now too, you know, right. not only the network and cable stations, but every streaming platform in the world now, um, I mean, it's crazy. HBO, HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney, right. Peacock. I, I mean, and shit, And to dude. think that there's a shortage of content in a factory sense, you know what I mean? If you can't shoot for a while, it's somewhere down the line, um, they're going to be looking for stuff as long as those stations still stick around. Exactly. Channel, channels, I, platform stations, whatever you call them. So I'm hoping that there will be a... a, a kind of a boom of work. I don't know what that means for more independent stuff, but hopefully it means more independent stuff will be able to be made. Um, 
I feel like with all of the streaming platforms, it's got to open the door for a lot more indie shows. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's kind of a crazy period. It's hard to say where it's going to go. Right. Um, with some of the regulations, I, know, I, I wonder with if that almost might give a smaller production, if it's easier to um, space things out, for instance. You know what I mean? If a smaller production has to be... Like, uh, I'm seeing it with the news. When the news had to go home into their basements, a lot of independent news people were crushing them because they had been doing it in their basement for years and they had built up a pretty good production value. And then you see these, like, famous newscasters in their houses and you can't even hear them. Um, I wonder if there's a certain sense where that if there's something, some of that in the indie side of things, you, you know what I mean? Or if that's just positive thinking. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking positive for me is that everything moves forward. It doesn't necessarily have to be more indie or more... Um, bigger studio stuff. Yeah, I I always wonder. You know, I'm 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 always curious because it feels like there are so many areas now. There are so many platforms that need content. So it seems like there would be a huge demand for content. But I also feel like at some point, like at some point, there people can't be watching all of these things. I sometimes don't watch anything because I spend an hour and a half at night looking, trying to decide what That's to watch. Worst. That's and the then worst, yeah. I end up not watching anything <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm reading descriptions and looking at who made it. And cause there's so many options and it makes me wonder who all's watching this and how are they making any money off of them? But I guess it's a different model now. It's not so much this show or this film needs to, you know, gross this much or whatever, and more of a, we just need to have enough stuff that people want to pay for this platform. So yeah. I don't know. It, fe- it feels like there's a lot of indie movies coming out now. So I-, I feel like Amazon has got a ton of indie films on there and Netflix is starting to put a lot more indie films. So perhaps there is a, uh, there is a, a big opening for that. You yeah. know, we shall see. Um, I would love to do else. more of that stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, it's good that you're getting some movement on, on um, even the next, 15 weeks or whatever even though it's a lot and um good to hear that you're getting shooting and getting running around some it's uh, good to be it's good to be active again that's for sure but uh it's definitely still uh you know i, I still am trying to focus on the writing stuff because whether anything comes from it or not at least it's something i i'm in control of and <laughs> i get to see something i like in my head i forget uh I forget. I, I, it was actually that panel, the writers' panel. I just sent you recently. Yeah, listen to it. And one of the guys was like, "Write what you want to see." You know, at the end of the day, that should be your motivation: is that you got to write what you want to see. Yeah. And everybody else be damned if you make it. Great. You know, if you don't, you still accomplished something. So. Yeah, it's interesting hearing that from the TV side and kind of the classic. He was kind of the classic TV guy on that list. I've heard that in the film side of things or screenwriting side in general. Just at the end of the day, you got to write what you want to see because you got to have energy and juice in that for yourself to move through it. Isn't um, that the hardest thing to accomplish, though, is to get on paper what is in your head? <laughs> Isn't right. That, that, that's the challenge. I, I, I can tell you, man, I've, I've, I've seen many a good movie and TV show in my head that didn't turn out the same on the paper. <laughs> right, right. But this is the struggle. But it's good that you're, um, if you're trying to write what I guess the other side of that is writing what you think somebody else wants to see, um, and then what the heck are you even doing? You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying I, to pull up the I, name of that interview. What, what are you saying? I was saying, yeah. I mean, that is, I've heard that advice given by a lot of people too. So, honestly, you know. You get all sorts of conflicting oh, you, advice. You mean to you mean to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess that is the kind of the scale of that debate. How much do you write what you want to see, and how much do you write what you think other people want to see? And I get, I think there's always people out there that'll tell you like, I mean, you got to play the game and realize we're in a team group world and it's a creator audience dance and all that stuff. So I'm not against that. When someone's like, put a star in your project, I that, I'm like, yeah, do that if you can. <laughs> it's not yeah, like sure. just rely on your camera work. Uh, even though, <laughs> even though that has to be beautiful and has to be solid. But, I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If it was just what you wanted to see, you wouldn't have to write it because you could just sit down and watch it. Right. Wait. Wait. What do you mean? 
Like in your head. Oh, right, right, it's right. T- Don't bother t- me for an hour and a half. I'm going to get entertained here. You mentioned you when you were when you confused Tony Gilroy and Stephen Conrad earlier, um, that's Tony Gilroy actually says in one of his uh, writers panels that I listened to where he says the way he writes and advises people to write is like you're a journalist for the story that you're seeing in your head. Yeah. It's like, that's how I write, you know, I just report what I'm watching in my head. Which right. So if you've, if you've sat with a story for long enough, you can watch almost the whole thing in your head. It's just getting it across on paper to where other right. people understand it the same way. And in my mind, it's like bounce around in that outline as long as you can, as long as it's creative and you're, it's engaging you and you get to go into moments that are fun because I don't want to get on foot in the forest until I have an idea of the overall map of the property. Yeah. You know, not too deep. I, not I, too, I don't want to push too deep on that. I understand you like to like type out and find the scenes in the, yeah. in the writing, which is... There is no wrong. It's all what works it's, for you. It's all what works. I, I kind of, I like to have an idea of the story too. So I outline relatively extensively, but really the outline is generally for me tends to be bullet points of what I'm seeing in my head. But the fun part about it to me too is as you start to, as you sit with like the characters of the story for long enough, then when you start to put it down on paper, and these characters take on a life of their own or the story takes on a life of its own and you're writing and all of a sudden something happens in your writing that wasn't in your outline and you're like oh shit they did that like that to me that's one of the that's the probably when i'm having the most fun writing is when you're writing and all of a sudden a character just goes off your script you know and you're like wow this character would have done that and you know the characters become so real in your mind that even you don't really know them you know, they, they're their own person or entity yeah. or whatever. That's, th- that's really fun for me. Yeah. You sat with them for long enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's I cool. enjoy that. Right on. And I don't want to say bouncing back again to the, you know, write what you want to see versus write what you want to, or what you think uh, what'll sell or whatever, or connect with an audience. I mean, I, I, I want to respect the idea of trying to connect with an audience, but, um, I'm like, how do you even, how do you even get something finished to a certain degree? If it's not something that you want to go check out, you know? Yeah. Um, true. And I think I've even had people be like, ask me that, like I pitch them an idea and they're like, is this something you would go see? And I'm thinking, I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I'll let you go. You got to hop off, right? Uh, I, I got like 10 minutes. Okay. 10 we can minutes, but, mess but uh, for a second. um, yeah, I, I kind of, there are oftentimes too when I'll be writing something and I have to stop because I just, I'm like, I don't, something is going on or I've reached this like point in the story where it's not working the way I thought it would. And I kind of get stuck on it. And then it's the nights laying in bed where all of a sudden you just see, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, that's what he does. And then you've got to like get up and go get your computer out and write, you know, because it's exciting and fun again. But and if you pretend to remember in the, until the morning, that will never happen. It, it never ever happens. Yeah, should, my f- my phone is full of notes now. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I get overwhelmed at the thought of going back through them because there are probably thousands now because of that exact reason. It'll be 4 a.m. and I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's what happens. And then you scribble something in your notepad and put it down. Yeah. No, I love keeping track of pieces of paper and things here and there, but that, that can almost be a hindrance too. There's, I feel like there's been days I've sat down with energy and then just gotten or got into organizing pieces of paper and stuff. Um, and you don't want to let go of all that because there's some gems in there maybe, but it's that balance, I guess, of not getting hung up on your phone notes, pad, notepad. Um, yeah. When you're in the moment. I, I forget who, what writer, talked about this uh, a friend of mine who is a producer and writer for some scripted stuff sent it to me and it was talking about um clearing space and much like in your house i'm i i fancy myself a bit of a minimalist when it comes to things i don't like too many things around i get slightly overwhelmed and clutter makes me anxious and whatnot and it was talking about how just as we need that we need to clear out things with our physical environment you have to do with your creative spaces as well so if there are stories you've been holding on to for a long time that aren't working or ideas you know that you haven't gotten around to for years you gotta like get rid of them 
you know, yeah. because you're, you're part of your mind is holding onto something that is just taking up space that you're never going to clearly get around to. That's hard for me, <laughs> but it's something I should probably learn to practice a little bit better is to let go of ideas that yeah. I'm not going to get around to, or I'm clearly not excited enough to do or. Yeah. Or put them in, put them in the cabinet in a drawer that can close and look neat or neatly organized or save them in a PDF and back them up. So that in a few years you can glance at them, but you don't, you're not holding any present space in your brain for this stuff. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know. That can be definitely overwhelming or it's something, it's almost like a scene or an idea you fell in love with at one point that inspired you, but it's something that, that maybe doesn't even connect with the story anymore. So it's like, you got to let it go. Maybe in five more years, you'll, the, the later John will look at it and see immediately what's wrong or what's missing with it or whatever it is. Yeah. That's, that's a difficult thing. I mean, it, it's weird how in life I can get rid of, I'm the least sentimental person ever. <laughs> I, it, it can be a, you know, I, I, my mom got angry at me once because I threw out all my old yearbooks and stuff. And she's like, Oh my God, you're going to want to look back at those. And I was like, no, I don't care. <laughs> and then she's like, well, your kids will. And I was like, ah, oh, bummer. Yeah. Maybe they would have, but I, I, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't keep cards. I don't keep anything like that. I'm not sentimental, but it's amazing how when you're writing or you have a story and you'll have a scene in your head that you'll love. And then it comes to the point where you realize like, who is it that said, um, cut your darlings or whatever yeah um, yeah or kill your kill your kill, kill your darlings kill your darlings yeah um and I don't know you get where to that, that point from originally but that's a tough thing you get to a story and it's a, like your favorite scene or sometimes it's even happened to me before where it was the scene that inspired the entire yeah. thing i feel like that's and almost you, one of the more common things yeah. where it happens you know what i mean yeah the, the birth <laughs> the birth moment and then you are writing your story and you're like man i gotta get rid of this and then you do, and it feels good because you're like, "Oh, that was that's what was holding me back." But it's hard, hard to let go of that first thing. Like a sweet pair of pants that you just gotta let go of, and then you realize, it's, "Oh my gosh, why am I that, not wearing more sweatpants? Why was I wearing those old <laughs> pants?" That pair of shoes that uh, you know are so comfortable, but you wear them out, and you're like, "I look like a fucking hobo." And then, <laughs> and then you get a new pair of shoes that aren't. That where the soles are still thick and haven't been worn out and it's so comfortable and you go, God, man, I should have spent that fucking 60 bucks Bouncing a long around. time ago. <laughs> People are I trusting feel, me. I, I got air in my heels now. Right, right. Well, I love a good uh, a, a good pair of shoes either way, I guess, but I'll, I'll hold on to them a little bit too long sometimes. <laughs> yeah, me too. My wife had to come in. When when my wife and I got together, she came into my house and saw the like all of the shoes. It's like, no, this, we're not doing this. It's like, but I love those. She's like, you got three of the same pair. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I, I don't understand the question. <laughs> well, one is my house pair, one is my yeah. work pair, and one is my going out to eat pair. Yeah, because I really love those. <laughs> I love those times three, obviously. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I mean, We just do a shelving thing, and we got the shoes <laughs> figured out. <laughs> they're just in different phases of life is all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Who are we to judge? Everything's on its own path, is all I'm saying. She's exactly. like, yeah, you love me times three, <laughs> so how about we figure this out? Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to have... She didn't want her bedroom, uh, you know, shoes stacked around all, all right. the walls. Yeah, the, uh, right after you're talking about your minimalist mindset, clearing yeah, things out, you're like, true. well, that, I don't know about shoes. <laughs> I got a few baseball caps. Hold on, hold on. Oh, that's true. For, that, and those, that what you just named are literally the only two things I... Yeah. Ha, ha, in my bachelor apartment, it was like... Um, so many pairs of sneakers and shoes and I like 20 Dodgers hats. Right. Piles. All sorts. Yeah. Piles. Well, this is from the season before and I had to get to that season. And yeah, this was the father's day cap. This is the mother's <laughs> day cap. This is the spring training. I don't understand. We need yeah, all these. Yeah. yeah I'm the exactly. same way. I have a whole bunch of, uh, uh, um, shoes I'm not as bad with, but I still will keep, keep a few guys like even in the trunk of my car in different places. Hats similar. Um, that's something I'll hang on to. And then wall art is something also, that's like one of the few things that I've collected a ton of different people's paintings and whatnot. And I'm just, I don't want to, whenever I move anywhere, I think that's like one of the only, when I look around the room with my goggles of whatever is something, <laughs> that's one of the few things that stands out. I'm like, well, these paintings are something. I better take these with me. So My wife, my uh, Carla actually just recently told me, I've got all these paintings that I did when I lived on my own and they're all kind of weird and some of them <laughs> scary and just strange. And 
as we've moved from place to place, less have ended up on the wall and more have ended up like stacked under our bed. <laughs> right, right. And and finally, very recently, when we were doing our last move, it was one of those deals where she's like, so uh, what's your long-term plan with these things? <laughs> <laughs> which is a very gentle way of <laughs> yeah. bringing up the conversation. Oh, so, uh, yeah, which is a very gentle way of saying, I'm not really digging your art as, you know, uh-huh. adults with children. So I've, I've got, got to find something plan. to do with that now. Yeah, I've got a plan. Do you want to compare plans, honey? Because <laughs> my plan is to get rid of these. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my my plan was just to let them sit in the corner and, you know, yeah. sit there. But Yeah, apparently. and collect uh, value in 20 years. Cha-ching. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was just talking about how I'm a minimalist, and now I've already just admitted to keeping too many pairs of shoes, yeah. old paintings, and baseball hats. Well, if those are the things, you know what I mean? And it's not just too many other pieces of junk. Yeah. I can relate to that, and I definitely relate to, as we've touched on, um, trying to clear out your physical space so that your brain can kind of be more clear also yeah uh, yeah anyway plus plus you know in 20 years my son might want some of my old dodgers hats and uh yeah you know some old shoes he can't find anymore and maybe some of dad's paintings you never know yeah i, I think i think they might start m- making hats in some new way too and they fall apart and they're all plastic and he can reach back to some something made out of cotton who knows you never know not to be negative yeah. maybe they'll be amazing in 20 years and still cotton yeah. Or polyester. I don't know what they're made out of. I would hope cotton. I don't know. At least one of mine is. I feel like in 20 years, we're going to be uh, we're going to be right up next to the point where we're either becoming robots or being eliminated by them. I'd say 20 to 30 <sighs> years. We're going to be in the matrix zone. <laughs> exactly. Maybe there's some major spiritual leap that we're about to take where all of a sudden we're like running towards a wall. I mean, not to say that we're necessarily running towards a wall, but... Maybe all of a sudden we grow wings as a, as humans, not literally, but in some awareness, and we start fixing some of these things that are bothering us. But um, I don't want to. We can. Hold, I don't want to pin that into September necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I wouldn't pin that anytime in the near future, but yeah. we can hope. I'd rather have that than the robot Matrix thing. You know what I mean? But I mean, I should yeah. rewatch the Matrix trilogy so I really know what I'm talking about because all I, I ever really know is the first one. You know. Man, there's a good new sci-fi show out. Well, I can't say. Is it Wachowskis? I've heard that recently. I haven't, but uh, um, Ridley Scott just put out his new HBO sci-fi, and I watched the first episode last night, and it's it's right up my alley. I'm digging it really hard. Yeah, I would it's definitely like, like to see that. The pr- the premise is like uh, these like robot sort of like humanoid like robots go to a planet in space with. Um, with like basically six human kids, like embryos, and yeah. they try to start a humanity on a different planet. Um, and there was like a war between atheists and non and like reli- and like the religious people on Earth, and it's crazy. But it's Ridley Scott, and you know it's well done. It's yeah, well I love acted, the new well Blade shot. Runner. Oh, me too. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ha- you should watch that show though. Um, Raised by Wolves, also a great fucking title. So okay, raised by wolves. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I think I've noticed that imagery, but I didn't know it was him um, behind it. I'll definitely the check first, it out, put it on my list. The first, the first episode was kicking. It was intense and uh, really well done. I'm excited about the series. Three episodes are out so far, so I'm probably gonna watch the other two late tonight after I finish my fantasy football draft. Sweet. Who's the number one person you're gunning for in the draft? I'm Ooh. so bad with football, especially right <laughs> now, uh, but in general. Well, that's hard to say. Our league's pretty complicated because we do some keepers, so a lot of the main stars are off the board anyway. So right, gotta gotcha. go, got to go deep in our league. Okay, it's, deep cuts. this is our this is our tenth year, so we've been doing it for a while. Lots of rules that have been added as people have cheated or figured out ways to game the system over there. Exactly, yeah. um, but I will end on this note: the Dodgers. I was wondering if yeah, thirty uh, and ten start that best ties the best in their franchise history. Is that right? Yeah, which is almost like if it was what's the the rule? It's the rule the two point seven. Is that what it is? I don't the, know. Each game this season counts as two point seven oh, right, in a normal right. season. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so it would be uh, like almost you know. What would that be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking times thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a hundred and twenty yeah. to, uh, or times three. Was that right? Just do times three. hundred and twenty yes. to thirty as a season. I mean that's crazy. Um, yeah. it would be pretty sweet but yeah. i'm looking forward to uh, maybe getting a world series and like i think it was 
uh, Bellinger who said that there should be no asterisk this season because nobody's cheating to win. Right. So, well, that's a good statement. Shout out for both saying that, you know, this is a real season because I would hate to win and people be like, well, it doesn't really count. And also for burning the Astros. Right. A bonus chance. burn on the Astros yeah. is always extra points. And boo uh, Manfred because you are the worst commissioner in the history of a sport for your l- ludicrous decisions and behavior. Yeah, and the handling of the Astros debacle was pretty depressing yeah. and opened the door for, um, seems like, players to be off the hook in the future and also for players this season to throw at people. The Joe Kelly thing was pretty um, fascinating entertainment and the him making the sad face meme is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, I mean, how how can how can Pete Rose still be banned from baseball when all he did was bet on his team? Right, right. And you've got an entire team of people that cheated, literally cheated to win, and would not have won. The statistics really bear out that they pro- they they really probably wouldn't have won without cheating. Right. And yet, none of them gets a single game suspension. Not one single game. Yeah, and the conversation of, well, they would have won anyway, maybe. Let's look at the stats. I mean, I, I respect the fact that people are trying to be honest, but just the uh, in terms of analyzing the situation, you should do that. But also, just as a human, you're like, if you cheat that much, then you didn't, you know, if you were so good, you wouldn't have needed to do that. So I don't understand, you know, it's so sketchy. Anyway. The the White Sox, the 1920, what what, what year was that? They call them the Black Sox, you uh-huh. know, that all got banned for baseball with Shoeless Joe, who, if you ever, if you want to read a good book, anyone who likes baseball, and even if you don't like baseball, the book Shoeless Joe is what the movie Field of Dreams was based on, and it, it, it like, made me cry. It's such a beautiful book. But yeah. um, they had to throw a World Series. Not even all the players were involved, but, like, even players that weren't involved got kicked out of baseball forever because they threw a World Series because the mob told them they were going to kill them if they didn't, right. basically. And they got banned forever. And yet these assholes cheat in a World Series and get nothing. It's the most... It disrespects the entire history of the game. Oh, don't even, I'm getting, like, all worked up now. But it disrespects the entire history and tradition of the game. And it's such a joke. And it's not even as a Dodgers fan. Like, it, it, this could have happened to anyone... I'm like a purist when it comes to baseball. Right. So for me, this is like the ultimate like disrespect. It's rough, man. History. I mean, the whole World Series, somebody else would have won that World Series and you've changed their whole career because of that. And you also lied to the whole world. It's just pretty disheartening. I mean, and you changed the history of the game. Like this, you know, that yeah. you cheated everyone and the world and all of baseball history out of something. And to me, I look at baseball as such, I don't know if it's maybe from watching Ken Burns' baseball documentary too many times. <laughs> Which but is great documentary. <laughs> it's amazing. But I look at baseball as like, almost like I look at history. It's like this cherished historical thing, you know, that goes right. throughout American history and it's so beautiful and the game is perfect and there's all these things. And then to have like, you know, someone come along and disrespect it so blatantly and get nothing is it's just such a joke yeah. it, I, I, I almost quit baseball because of it but alas the heart what wants what the heart wants <laughs> no, it does the heart <laughs> wants to see Mookie Betts get exactly. on base three times the heart, goes, the heart goes behind him damn it I have fuck baseball fuck Manfred like I'm done with this you ruined the sport and then it goes, well, Mookie Betts is on our team now, and that's pretty sweet. So a dozen years, and a dozen years, my heart will <laughs> heal. So let's just do it today. And, and then the delay from COVID, man. By the time that first game happened, it was like a party at my house, dude. I mean, a party with just my family because yeah. you can't have people over. But I, all week, I mean, forever we waited for it. And then even my three and a half year old son was like, "The Dodgers play tonight." We were stoked. We that's had all hilarious. our gear on, you know. I was definitely sitting outside with my computer, uh, desktop, not laptop, uh, set up with, <laughs> with like this game, just, this game will begin shortly or whatever, waiting for it, uh, ready to go. So I was there. I just there. got the best mental image of you sitting out in a yard with, like, <laughs> with a, a full computer set up. You know? With like a keyboard and a mouse and stuff. <laughs> to, waiting for a game to start. Yeah. Such a great image. Such yeah. a great, it's a great image. It was, it was Put that game. one in the uh, in the uh, book of ideas. There you go. That's a good day. 
Yeah, right on, man. Well, uh, thanks for getting on with me for a few minutes. It was fun to catch up, and I'm I'm glad you're moving around and um, able to have at least a few moments where your brain thinks you're like you're actually getting to get some family time while you're on this crazy stint. Um, yeah, man. But well, yeah, it's good to talk to you too. And let's uh, let's do it again. I'm always down to come on and talk with you. Yeah. It's fun. And, well, you're uh, the first return guest, so you'll we'll have the it'll say John Mitchell returns, and then we'll have John Mitchell number three whenever we do that nice. one too. So. And uh, and yeah, and then let's get on uh, off the mics and talk about that story idea we got going. Yeah, definitely tomorrow I'm flexy, flexible, and even maybe perhaps later tonight. But if you're worn out, no pressure. Focus on the draft. Get the right guys. This is a more. This is a long commitment. <laughs> this is this is important. There's money and pride involved. Yeah, yeah, and a trophy that you know people do ridiculous things with. So. I must, I must, she must return to her rightful owner. Yeah, this is more than just (laughs) winning. This is an emotional 10-year journey. Exactly. Right on. Cool, man. Well, power to you, and uh, either way, I'll be in touch, um, and we'll pick it up from there. In the meantime, we'll see if the Dodgers are 41-10. and I will say the Marlins beat the Rays tonight behind Sandy Alcantara. Uh, nice. Six innings, one run given up, eight Ks. So I'm pretty stoked on him. And then Sixto Sanchez. Uh, and then I, I like to support the Yankees also as a team that I was raised on. And uh, it's crazy to see them with the injury, injuries getting beat up so much. So that's another thing. They're tied with the Blue Jays for second, third in the American League East. So this is a crazy year, but I'm definitely enjoying it. And the Dodgers are looking beautiful. Yeah. Um, so it's like th- the three teams I got my eye on are to- all three in very different places for somewhat different reasons. So it's going to be interesting. Po- postseason starts in less than a month. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah, that is weird. It is weird. Um, it's interesting to see everybody, you know, juggling this crazy year and actually trying to still play a sport that's got so much rhythm and focus and habit as a part of it. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see. All right, man. All right, dude. Good talks. Yeah, power to you. Boo, Manfred. Um, Go Dodgers. Those are the final statements. We'll leave it at that. And, uh, yeah, talk to you soon. Okay, later, dude. (laughs) All right. Peace.